Welcome to Hellcats Podcast, where we discuss holistic cat nutrition and behavior. I'm Kate. And I'm Ace. And this is the first episode of hopefully many of our podcast about cats. Hey, Eggs, the intro music, who who is that? That was Louise from Cincinnati, Ohio, and that was their track, Off the Path. Ooh la la, I love it. I am, like, borderline obsessed with um, pet nutrition and behavior, specifically cats. So I feel like people usually think that cats are easy. They're the easy ones. They're just, like, small dogs. But, like... Cats are way more complicated and their requirements are so much different than like, oh, just pour some kibble in a bowl, like take them for walks. Yeah, totally. I think there's like a lot of um, impressions that like, I think honestly, the level of pet, I guess, or companion animal, I don't know. We we have to to decide on terms. We'll have to use a variety of terms because I don't want to offend anyone. Companion animal. I mean, I agree, but I am also just going to use whatever comes to my mind. So don't take offense if I call you a pet owner. Yeah, honestly, I don't want to be called like a cat parent. Like (laughs) I own a cat, whatever. Like it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. I'd be like, I don't know how they feel about it. Um, Mm. But yeah, I think it's like in order, the order that people think is the most complicated is the reverse order. Like I think it's like dogs, easy, like easy for most people. Like you have to be, if you're really a cat person, dogs aren't going to be easy for you. And then cat, and then people always get their kids like hamsters. That's the worst one. Like do not, that is not a starter animal. That is like advanced level pet care don't do it if you're if it's between a but was it you that I was talking about about like that's like getting your child a, a an animal in a cage is like abuse because that yeah, animal no. is not going to be cared for like oh it's just a cute little hamster who like hasn't had their water changed in a month and a half and like yeah. So we, we might not be selling you on cats in terms of comparison to dogs, but we should definitely be selling you on cats in comparison to a hamster. <laughs> I mean, they're real cute guys, but it's just, uh, I had one and I realized in retrospect that I was providing a terrible life for it once I actually learned about these things. And so that's kind of like also a point of the podcast, right? Is that we want pet owners and cat people and cat owners to be providing the best possible life for their cats. And sometimes you're not doing that because you just don't know how. No, that's the thing is like, I feel like I don't want what we have to say to come off as like judgmental or like, you know, everything that we are going to be talking about on this podcast are like, comes from like our personal experience, um, what we've witnessed working in the holistic pet world. Um, a lot of these things are, are, how do I say, like, I fucked up a lot. I feel terrible about some of the the things that I did to or for my animals that, like, were probably not the best, you know, way to to be a pet parent. Yeah. <laughs> to be and a like, pet parent. There's, like, varying scales of that. Like, for us, I know, yeah, when we, so we, sort of the context for how we know each other and met is that we both, um, worked in for like a natural pet food retailer so we you know on the job that we had training but we also were just engaged people that learned a lot 
you know, at least for me, like I learned a lot for fun. Like I was working Mm -hmm. back in retail when it wasn't as demanding. (laughs) And so I had a lot of uh, closing shift free time. And so I just read the books that were there because that was what I had to do. I was like, I can clean. I'm done with my cleaning. I can go read now. And that was awesome. I was like, this is something I'm interested in. I have cats. And I realized just through all of that, um, how easy it is to, I think because of where we get our information from that the baseline can be very low in terms of knowledge that the average person has. And even though like shelters and even, you know, some breeders can do a really good job of setting people up for success when they adopt. And I think that that's gotten a lot better over time. Um, There's still a lot to know in terms of, I think people more and more want to make choices for the creatures they care for that are similar to the ones that they would make for themselves in terms of food quality or health um, and the approach. And so just that one time with the shelter and like, you know, if maybe, you know, the annual vet visit that they're getting isn't always enough. You know, it's like when you're raising a kid, you're probably reading some books, you're asking some people, you want to get an expert opinion and like, I don't know. My cats are basically like my very, very rude children Um, (laughs) on the subject of being a pet parent. I'm like, I don't know how they view me that way. I think that I am a giant warm food bag to them on some level, Mm -hmm. but um, I want the best for them. And I know when I started out, I was definitely thinking about this this morning. I'm pretty sure when I adopted my cats, I was buying their food at the dollar store. Oh, wow. Yeah, and and I think (laughs) yeah, alley cat baby. No, but that's that's something I think that's really important to note is like for the most part, if you have an animal, you are doing the best you can do for them, like the best you know how. Like I don't think anyone's like waking up like oh, I'm just gonna feed my cat some trash and give them some urinary crystals and never clean their litter box. You know, like. People, if you have an animal, you probably love that animal and you're probably doing the the best you know and can afford. And so I think that's also an important thing to note is like, again, we've made a bunch of mistakes and there hasn't been like, basically, I wish this podcast existed for me as a young like pet owner. So I, I could have maybe fucked up the animals a little less. No, I feel like I'm like, I'm like leaving this very open to interpretation of like what I've done with my animals and like how I mistreated them. Yeah, it's like, like, you're like, we were abusing hamsters. We're like, we're going to get calls from the ASPCA being like, we heard things about you have to shut this down. Like, no, we know what, you know, no one was doing intentionally bad things. But again, like if you're you know, we might be kind of insinuating things that we might talk about, like the type of food that they eat. And it's like, well, why would food from, you know, the dollar store be maybe not the greatest idea? That's some of the things that we'll be talking about. And again, it's not because you're, you're doing that, you're a bad person. It's just that you might not, you know, know about the intricacies of the pet food industry, like we learned from each having, you know, over a decade experience working in it. Um, Yep. Yeah, but if podcasts had existed in, uh, you know, 2006 when I got my cats, I definitely would have been, 
interested in in listening to one. Yeah, you were too busy playing Neopets and feeding your cat. <laughs> I was I was too busy when I got my so the cats, the one cat, I still have one of my cats that were like the first cats. I adopted a pair of kittens on my own. I definitely adopted a pair of kittens after a really rough breakup when I was in college because I was like I have to love something external to me. Um and it was a it was a great decision, but I was very in college. Like I, I was not like a party animal, but I was like partying and academically uh, engaged and definitely just didn't. I look back on those years and I'm like, you were a fool. You didn't spend enough time with your babies when they were little. You'll never get those years. Back. <laughs> and now I'm locked in my house with like my 15 year old cat and it's just like a, a grumbly little monster that hangs out with me all the time. <laughs> so oh my God. We're making up for lost time. Oh my God. As you mentioned, we worked in uh, holistic pet care at a retailer together. And it wasn't just like PetSmart stocking cans and, you know, bags of litter, but there was a great sense of honestly like pride. Like, I think that the culture at the start of the company was like, it was really exciting to learn and to watch this passion grow and like be able to um, help people like not to I'm not going to lean too hard into this. But like if you want to talk about the projector vibe, like we are supposed to be guides. We are supposed <laughs> to like we really are like we're supposed to inform people. And I mean, as soon as I it's like I hate to compare it to this, but like, you know, when you first are get to be vegan and you're like, oh my gosh, the milk industry and the meat industry and every, like you want to tell everyone about it. Um, like I was at a Chuck Palahniuk book signing years ago when I first started there and was talking to some guy about his obese cat. And I'm sure he, <laughs> I'm sure he regretted sitting next to me, but it's just like the, the pride and the passion that came out of learning and spreading that sort of knowledge, you know, the good gospel. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, I did that for 10 years. And I think like you, well, like you mentioned too, is um, like in the downtime, like there was no really fucking off. Like if we had like no customers, like we wanted to learn about herbs. Like we wanted to learn about like urinary crystals and what's struvite versus oxalate. Like it was exciting. So. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was getting to, you know, learning, getting to help people. And I mean, I think it's, that's sort of what it comes down to. Like when I think about, um, you know, if I'm doing those like profiles of like, what's your, what's your perfect career? What's your perfect job? It's like, I want to solve problems and help people. Mm -hmm. And that's what we did all day. We got yeah. to learn. And yeah, we, it, at the time it was definitely a culture that was focused on that. And, um, the point being, we know a lot of things and we've seen a lot of things and we've helped, you know, I would say thousands of people. Eggs. Probably. Eggs. I have saved marriages. I've saved, <laughs> yes. at, I've saved at least one. So no, no joke. I, I remember there was a couple, they had a multi-cat household. Everyone was always stressed and wrecked all the time. And after weeks of like digging and researching, asking questions and like trying to look for solutions, the dude came in and was like, 
no lie, you saved our marriage. We were getting to the point where it looked like, look, it's me or the cats. Like someone's got to go. And like, hashtag humble brag. But like that, that is such like a, a heartwarming and like very exciting feeling to like, you, I fucking saved a marriage, dude. Like, <laughs> I win. No, I, I yeah, but <laughs> like, not even marriage counselors can do that. Yeah. So, well, because I mean, <laughs> so. that's what we did a lot of in oh, yeah. in that role was like we were therapists, we were vets, and let's say like we don't take the place of vets. Like I always have to say, wink, wink. Talk to your vet. Wink, wink. More on that later. But like you know, we. People, especially in um, that city, like treat their animals like legit babies. So when their baby is sick or like, you know, has some behavioral issue, like it's a really big fucking deal. And so, yeah, we ended up being like counselors and therapists and um, vets and like we had all these roles to fill, but it was like fun because, you know, you get to see an itchy, disgusting, hot spot riddled dog like blossom into a nice fuzzy loaf with a dipped yeah, tail. It's that thing of like, you know, some problem. Sometimes the problems are really easy, right? Like if it's just, you know, like things like that, like maybe they're itchy or, you know, they have weird skin issues going on and you're like, ah, like I, we handle this every day. And sometimes it was harder. Like, mm-hmm. um, even the things that were common. Yeah. Like we were, you know, like Kate was saying, if you're, you know, we had people coming in, like we say, they're like people's kids, right? Like that's not uncommon. And being in working in a major, uh, we can say we worked in a major West coast Metro and it's, Uh, widely regarded as a very progressive place where people would not be surprised that uh people treat their you know dogs and cats like like their kids and yeah you're dealing with really stressful situations you're dealing with people that think you know if this doesn't change I might have to put my cat down or my animal is at the end of their life and I'm just trying to keep them comfortable. And like, Mm -hmm. they're asking you things like, do you think it's time? And you're just like helping them, you know, as best as you can through that process. Um, It's sort of the way that, you know, like you see people and even people in this industry, whether it's vet techs or nurses or whoever, it's like, you have to know about all the things because it's not just behavior. It's not just, health it's not just nutrition they're all interrelated um and you're there to to help them and to help them in a compassionate and non non-judgmental way and i would say that even though we are pretty sarcastic and judgmental people in no. general we do we might get a little uh we might have some thoughts and we might get a little more uh sassy as we get into things but i think in general we I are won't. here to help people Kate will not. I will try. <laughs> we'll let we'll let um, the audience decide at mm-hmm. some point. We'll have to do polls throughout our season to be like who's the meanest. <laughs> oh my god. You're and definitely your you're the meanest. I think I'm probably brattier than you, but yes. <laughs> like Nick's has to tell me all the time, like turn it down. Like you're at like a 22 out of 10. <laughs> out of 10. Yeah. It's bad. Um yeah. so I do have a uh, a question for you. So what what animals do you have? 
Who's who's in your? Yeah, I got. I have three cats. That's Um, a lot of cats. How many litter boxes do you have? Oh my god. Um, one, two, three, four, five, five. Oh, damn. I mean, litter box. I have hashtag litter box shame because I am definitely not one of those people. When I have five boxes and three cats, that I'm like scooping every one of those every day. So like. We'll probably get into a litter box episode pretty soon, but yes. um, dude, I love talking if you have about litter, litter box woes. Watch out, we've got the info for you coming soon. That's gonna be um, like so a ten part series. You no, know, it's like <laughs> litter box diaries, <laughs> part eight. Yes. Um. So yeah, I have three cats. Much like me, they do not go by their legal names. Um. So I have a tuxedo boy whose name is Balo, or we just call him Boy most of the time. He's a good and, boy. Yeah, he's a really good guy. He loves his dad. Um, my, <laughs> Boys club. <laughs> my, also known as my husband. Uh, <laughs> and then I have two torties. They did not come together. One of them came with me. One of them came with my husband. Hence why we have three. We used to have four cats. That's too many cats. That's I too mean, many no cats. No judgment. This is a pat, pat podcast, but that's that'd be too many cats. Um, and so uh, Rudy is our his tort that he came with, but they're all our cats now. And then we're a blended family. Um, and then I have Baby P or Bug or Pug is the name of my tortie. Um, they both absolutely are the stereotype of their breed and have mega attitude and do not like each other. And they have lived together for almost seven years now. Jeez. Still not interested in being friends at all. Yeah. So if you Oof. ever need to know, well, once we get into talking about like cat conflict and managing territory and all those fun things, ooh, I've got I've got experience and I have thoughts. <laughs> so, oh my God. How about you, Kate? Who's who's uh hanging with you? Okay. I have a little black panther uh named Timber. I actually I'm, I I felt like most cat people have like twenty names for their cats. Oh, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I just I call her uh, maybe uh, yeah different variations. So Timber, Timboni, yeah. So anyway, I've got Timber, and then I my girlfriend and I live together, and she has a little insane Boston Terrier named Jinx. And I really want to get Jinx a sister, a dog sister. Yeah, like I've got I puppy fever go. so bad. No. If I didn't but. have three. So the other, I guess, <sighs> thing I should say about my cats is that they're all old. Like they're like, yeah, they're solidly senior by cat standards. So they are. I'm trying to put, I'm trying to do the math. 13, 14 and 15. They're all mm. a year apart, which means that I got. I'm trying my hardest to keep them healthy and they're all doing pretty good, but I have some ominous times ahead of me in terms of, I mean, all cats and what we say in our house is go get jobs one day. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, having them stacked that close together, I'm not a super big fan of. <laughs> yeah. Just, it's, gonna, it's a lot of uh, vet bills and a lot of, uh, potential future grief that's all going to happen at one time. But be like dominoes, very sad dominoes. Oh, it's part of the cycle of life. So. Oh, but you know, maybe they'll all die at once. Like, oh my god, <laughs> that's not helpful. They go out in a fight. <laughs> like, what would that be? It'd be oh horrifying. my god, <laughs> yeesh. 
Yeah. Yikes. Anyways, hey man, that grief stuff, that's the kind of real thing that if you want to hear about that, how to deal with the grief of losing a pet, that's probably something we'll talk about at some point. Yeah, yeah. I, I lost Just my... Like- yeah. Oh, sorry. Go on. No, I lost uh, my like number one, my like soulmate cat who was an absolute diva, one of the worst behaved animals I've ever met in my life. <laughs> like such a bitch, but she was amazing. And like, yeah, she was the best. She was like, I, I would never I don't even know how you can. Like everything we know, and this is like kind of controversial too. like how much of like pet behavior is anthropomorphized and how much of it is like, you know, their actual behavior. But I've never seen a cat be so fully dramatic and manipulative. It's like, I love it. I know there's like people out there that be like, no, it's a cat. Like that's not possible. And I'm like, you don't know what this cat would do. What was the cat's name? Fat Bunyan. Yes. Fat Bunyan. <laughs> so, I just fat had, Bunyan. you didn't, you didn't even say it. I had, I no. I was just like, yeah, so Fat Bunyan, you'll probably hear about a lot whenever we talk about cats doing bad stuff because she was the worst. Oh, my God. (laughs) I can't wait. So excited. Oh, one thing I did want to kind of touch on. So we mentioned that like or maybe we haven't mentioned, but like this is a podcast for like holistic nutrition, health situation. Like I just wanted to kind of pick apart. Like, what do we mean when we say holistic? So we want to get to the root of the problem and we want to find its source. So like if your cat's peeing outside the box, obviously we want, we want the behavior to stop. But more importantly, what we want to figure out why it's happening in the first place and address it from that angle. So the example I use is like if your check engine light comes on in your car, you can put a piece of electrical tape over it. Bloop, And then you cover up that light and boom, problem solved. But not really. Like the underlying problem still exists. Um, You just don't have the indicator to let you know there's an issue. And so with what we hope to do in this podcast is tackle um, behavioral issues or ailments, nutritional shit. Like, okay, this is happening why is it happening or what is causing this to happen and picking it apart from there. You will never, we, you, you will never hear us say like, oh, just feed them this prescription dry food. Yeah. Never. That's, that, that's <laughs> why most of these episodes are, I mean, I don't, we all wish it was just a bandaid, but that's the thing, right? It's like, and I mean, this is probably the point that we should talk about. That's the V word, the big elephant in the room um because yeah like a lot of the times when you not to say that vets don't know what they're doing like they're they do a lot they're surgeons you know they're diagnosing things they have the expertise when it comes to the physiology and all those things about animals but when it comes to the intricacies of nutrition um one thing we know is like even in modern vet schools it's not something that most vets spend a ton of time, like a ton of their education on. I think Kate probably might have a stat somewhere we can insert about how many hours it is. But essentially, you know, it's kind of like going to the doctor. The doc, your, your GP, really great at certain things, 
Um, but there's other things you might want to talk to like a naturopath about, or maybe you work with a massage therapist or you work with a dietitian because, um, the expertise is different within the world of, um, cat and dog sort of nutrition and health. Um, there are some more specialized positions we have, but it's not really outside of veterinary health. There aren't a lot of qualified, um, degreed positions that people get around those things. And so, mm-hmm. um, we certainly, you know, everything that we say comes from a very informed place, but we don't diagnose. We're here for educational purposes and, you know, ultimately we're not, we're not vets. So we want to offer the knowledge and experience and perspective that we have from working in an industry, helping thousands of people with these types of issues that can absolutely be addressed without, um, you know, a lot of the times without the need for a veterinarian. But when it's a major health issue, if you, you know, if your cat, you know, is really appears sick or behaviorally changes, it's like, you're not going to go to your, um, you know, you're not going to go to a physical therapist when you have a broken leg. You got to go to the doctor. Yeah. And that's my thing. Like if my cat like jumps out the fucking window and breaks her whatever, I'm not just like, I can't solve that on my own. But if my cat is having a, some sort of reaction or dietary issues or behavioral issues, like that's something I can solve. So it's like, Vets are dope. Yeah. Hi. I don't want the, the, the vets out there to hate us, but like vets like doctors are like trained more in like the drug and like surgery kind of realm. Yeah. And so like one of the common things you'll see if there's a dietary issue, um, is that, or if it's an itchy coat or there, they seem to be just like, not, they're not jiving probably with what they're eating. And like a lot of people don't, Number one, don't necessarily realize that a lot of those like skin and coat issues or stuff like that is maybe for that reason. Or maybe it's because they're storing the kibble on a plastic container. More on that later. (laughs) Yeah, but your vet might not ask those questions. You know, they get a limited amount of time that they're working with you, which is Mm -hmm. why, you know, people that specialize in these other issues, it might not be that you need a prescription diet because that's that's usually going to be the offering right like yeah um vets want to give you in a very immediate solution and that's what they have at their disposal um they don't necessarily have the time to work through uh the more holistic approach of like the behavioral things and all those things if you're going to a holistic vet that might be different but um they're not necessarily going to have the time to look at that whole perspective and that's sort of you know, what we've, what we've done and what we, what our background is in. And so, um, while the prescription diet might not hurt the animal in any way, it also might not help. It'll probably be really expensive compared to a lot of other solutions. And ultimately it just, there might be an easier, less expensive, more holistic way to approach an issue if it's, um, you know, supporting just supporting a general issue that the cat's having or seems to be have come up i mean i remember sometimes spending like an hour plus with customers being like oh this is my issue and it's do you treat for fleas what do you feed how often do you rotate how how long have you been on that food how do you store your food are there any other pets in the household like i'll ask 20 questions 
And I would be like, are you ready for this? Like, you gotta be, you gotta be ready for (laughs) this. Cause it's going to be an assessment to start. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But like, like you were saying, like, vets, doctors, they don't have that time. They're seeing like 50, maybe, I don't know what the average is, but they're seeing a lot of people and animals every single day and they got to get them in and out. Whereas like, you know, we work retail for minimum wage. Yeah, fuck it. I got two hours to talk to you yeah, about your cat's itchy skin. <laughs> sure, you're nice. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's 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 having the time having the tools and, um, I don't know where I was going with that. Yeah. I think it's just about being able to offer, like, I mean, we keep coming back to that word holistic, but it's kind of, you know, it's the perfect descriptor for this because it is that approach. You know, when we talk about a health issue, so when we talk about litter boxes or, you know, cats going outside the litter box, that's a whole, it's a whole thing because, it's not just your cat probably has a urinary tract infection, put mm-hmm. them on this food. Mm-hmm. There's like 10 questions, but ten, you know, 10 to 20 questions that come before even knowing if that's the thing. Like it's not, again, it's not a, a harmful assumption, but it also might not be right. And there could be, and if it's not right, it might not solve the actual problem if it's yep. actually behavioral. Yep. So. Yep. But this is what I love to do. I love like this like weird investigative like detective approach of like solving this shit. Yeah. So it's- I mean, on that note, because one of the things like we haven't really gotten into the the structure of what our podcast will look like. But one thing we do want is we want to hear from our audience and listeners. What are the questions you have? You know, what issue are you having? Maybe that's something we can kind of we'll do like, you know, the problem solve the case study with your scenario and see what we can come up with. Because um, I'm sure there are people out there that have questions about the weird things their cats are doing, why they're doing them, and ideally, maybe how to change that behavior and make it not happen anymore. <laughs> yeah, and it could it be anything. Like we started this podcast because we are obsessed with talking about shit like that. So any questions you have, uh, hellcatspod at gmail.com. Yeah, or you can check out our Instagram at at hellcatspod. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Yeah, Okay. that's right. (laughs) It is kind of private. I haven't been on Instagram in three weeks, and I feel like I, like, don't live in, like, the world everybody does anymore. I was like, I'm on on Instagram. I better start looking at the news so I know what's going on. Oh, my God. And that's all we have for you today. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back next week or, or eventually. Weeks. I don't know. Or eventually. We don't, you know, we're making any promises about frequency in the, the early days of Hellcats. Yeah. I have <laughs> commitment issues. So, yeah. Like I'm committed to it. But yeah. Also, I'm slow. <laughs> but only when I want to do it, like at that time, you know. Okay. Anyway, catch y'all next time. Uh, find us on Instagram at Hellcats Pod. And yeah, if you have questions that you want us to dig into, uh, hit us up, Hellcats Pod, P O D, at gmail.com. Later, skater.